Welcome to Dauber Prospects Radio. This is episode 61, uh, the first episode of the fourth season of the DPR show. It's kind of hard for me to believe that we're in our fourth season now. And I say we because I uh, started it with Paul. Paul and I really uh, were the ones to, to start this. And Paul had so much work to do with getting this podcast up and running. So I still miss you on the show, Paul. Uh, hopefully you're still listening. Um, I hope you're still doing well and don't have time for the podcast uh, because your life is so successful. But uh, hey, if you hit the skids and you want to come back to the podcast, I would love to have you back on, pal. All right. So uh, this is either going to be an epically long episode or I'm going to break it up into three. And I've just decided to do the latter. Um, I have three guests lined up. I had interviews today with three Dauber Prospects writers looking at previewing the upcoming uh, hockey season across the CHL, um, talking to Joel Henderson about the WHL and Mason Black about the OHL and Braden Olson about the WHL. So some of those interviews went a little bit long because they're just so good. And uh, I'm going to break this into three episodes uh, to kick off this season. And um, I'll try and post them all tonight. Uh, it is... Uh, Monday, August the 26th. Uh, so hopefully these will all come out and you'll be able to listen to them tomorrow on your commute to work. But uh, if I ran out of time with the whole editing and splicing stuff, then I apologize and they'll be coming out later. So episode 61, uh, my first guest today is going to be Mason Black. And uh, before I, I get into Mason, I've got a lot of other things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, it being uh, peak fantasy hockey season uh, now with the drafts coming up, the season around the corner, all the draft guides are flooding the markets right now. So I kind of wanted to take a minute and uh, and start talking about draft guides. Uh, this is something that I'm really passionate about. Uh, it's part of what really hooked me in to fantasy hockey going way back to the magazine days and and. and scouring the newsstands waiting for the hockey news yearbook to come out uh and the the fantasy guide the the forecaster and all these fun magazines that i have like decades worth of them stacked up in a, in a drawer in my desk so because of that i like to kind of consider myself somewhat of an expert on these and everyone will have their preference what they're used to who they trust who they know the format that they like maybe it talks a little bit more about the team a little bit more about players a little bit more about prospects whatever it may be that you're into um i'm going to talk about that a little bit right now so obviously i'm a little biased um and my favorite guide is is the dauber hockey ones partially because i've contributed to them but mainly because they're the best and don't just take my word for it. I did a little research online. I went to Hockey Future Board and uh, I looked at a, a thread there that talks about what are the best fantasy guides and almost everyone said Dauber. Uh, a couple other shout outs for some other magazines and stuff, but Dauber was widely recognized as the best and, and quite frankly, as it should be. Um, so if you've never had it before, I'm going to take a second and kind of break down what you're looking at. There is the the Dauber Guide. It's a 1099 PDF download. It's kind of like a yearbook. It talks about each team, some of who the players are. It gives you a, a depth chart, who's going to be on power play. Uh, it's pretty analytical. There talks a little bit about some fancy stats. There's some articles in there that talk about who the best players are, breakout players, prospects, best players for hits in Roto League. Um, I mean, it's a guide designed to win your fantasy hockey league. Um, and at 10.99, it's a super deal. 
I've talked about the prospect report before as well. Uh, I've been a significant contributor to that. You've got each team's top prospects, risers, fallers, uh, top 100 players for the upcoming entry draft. Uh, and it's a $14.99. Now you can get the uh, the fantasy pack, which is $16.99. So two bucks more than the prospect report and he throws in the Dauber guide for free. So you get the 1920 guide, you get the preseason draft list, and you get a prospect report. Another great thing about the draft guide is he updates it throughout the season. So you buy a magazine that comes out on the newsstand in the middle of September, and then by the time the season starts up in October, there could be some significant changes in there. Um, you know, there's a lot of restricted free agents who are unsigned. So the landscape could change significantly between now and the start of the season. And that'll all be reflected in Dauber's Guide when you can just purchase it and then get download the updates for free. Uh, and then, of course, the Ultimate Fantasy Guide gives you every guide that Dauber puts out. And it gives you access to all of them, anything that's ever been published for 30 bucks. It's brilliant. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, the next uh, one that I want to talk about that I think is the mainly the only other really worthwhile online guide that you'd want to buy would be the McKean's Guide. And uh, it took a really big step forward last year. Uh, Gus Katsoros does most of the, uh, the heavy lifting for this report and I have the utmost respect for Gus and I really like the way he sees hockey and I think he's got a really good nose for scouting and projecting um, even though he doesn't do fantasy hockey anymore um, he still should because the McKean's guide is great uh, it breaks down players uh, in their roles their opportunities uh, their depth chart in the team uh, he understands where they're at in their age curve of their career. Um, so it's a really great guide. And since they added Ryan Wagman, both of who have been guests on this podcast at Friends of the Show, uh, Ryan Wagman really stepped the game up with their guide last year, going through each team's top prospects uh, and not just ranking one to 10 or anything like that, but um, giving them like a top 20 prospect. I don't know if the number is 20 or not, but it's more than 10. And, uh, and giving a write-up on each one. It's a short write-up for sure, but uh, it's, it's really added a whole other element of value. And I've been a contributor to the McKean's Guide too, so I guess I am a little bit biased here. If you're looking for uh, a print magazine, there's, a, there's still a few of those in existence that still survive and make it to the newsstand. Of course, the Hockey News does one, and although I really like a lot of the things the Hockey News does, um, I find that they come up short when it comes to fantasy hockey. I'm not a really big fan of, of their projections. Uh, there's a couple other ones I forget what their name are, and obviously you've figured out that I, I've bought them in the, in the past before, and... Uh, and I don't subscribe to them anymore. I don't buy them. I don't read them. I pick them up on the newsstand and, and flip through them for a few minutes to see if they've changed their format at all. And they haven't, so I don't buy it. But the one magazine that is a print, if you can find it, it's in Canada. And I think you can get it at Amazon if you live in the States or outside of Canada. Uh, and that's The Forecaster. It is a very good magazine. Uh, of course, it has each team broken down it gives you a depth chart it gives you a write-up on a lot of them it tells you who the players are that stand out for face-offs and block shots and hits uh i find that their uh top 25 prospect rankings is is very accurate uh i mean any uh, prospect rankings is going to have some sort of debate about it and who's too high and who's too low and whatnot um, but it gives you a complete list of the team roster 
uh, with all of their um, tail of the tape, what hand they shoot, their height, when they were born, where they're from, uh, how many years they're in, where they're acquired from, and then their stats from the previous season. Um, it has uh, a, a forecast for the season, and they break down each position and talk about for the league who the top wingers, uh, centers, and defense and goalies. Uh, it's just a must, a must have. Uh, if you don't want to take a PDF, if you're not too tech savvy to your draft, then this is the magazine that you want to bring. Uh, another option that you could look at, and this is kind of new to the market, this is their second year doing it, but um, you know I'm a big fan of the Keeping Carlson podcast. It is a fantasy hockey podcast sponsored by Dauber Hockey, and Brian and Elon do a fantastic job. And what they do is they do a fantasy guide, but for your ears. It's like a podcast. You have to subscribe to it, uh, and it's amazing. And they have spent... Uh, over 30 hours um, working on this. Um, sorry, it's 30 hours worth of, of audio. So they spent way more than 30 hours on it. Uh, 32 chapters, so one per team. Every team gets a dedicated chapter for analyzing, projecting their fantasy-relevant players and storylines. Plus, the Almanac features the annual Smorgoli's board. Um their ranking of goalies. So they go through and they do projections for each player uh, that's fantasy relevant from each team, and they cover the goalies too. Um, so they analyze all the data, they check their gut, and they come up with um, a projection. They challenge each other's takes. Sometimes they're able to persuade each other to raise or lower their 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 projections for each player. Uh, but it's great witty banter back and forth. It's really fun. Um, if you're hockey nerdy, you're going to love this podcast as much as I do. Um, so you get 32 chapters of NHL audio almanac in an MP3 format points projections for 304 skaters goalie tiers. So they don't do the projections for wins or whatever, but they just have them in tiers. So they rank them one through whatever five tiers. Um, plus you get access to the archived unedited YouTube recordings for the Almac for each chapter. Uh, it's only 20 bucks, so I highly recommend it if you travel a lot with your job, if you're a driver, a truck driver or something like that, then, I mean, this is a must-own. Um, I really like it. I really like the podcast, so that's enough advertising for free for Keeping Carlson. Check it out. It's really great. Um, now, in terms of preparing for your fantasy draft, I would uh, absolutely use more than one guide. If you use one guide, you can get pigeonholed into a train of thought. If you have more than one, you can, you know, reconfirm some suspicions or uh, thoughts or projections for certain players. Or you might have a player you think is going to have a breakout season, and then you read in another guide somewhere else that, nope, they don't think so. So you challenge that thinking, and you, you know, you listen to the arguments either way. Kind of another thing I like about the Keeping Carlson podcast is sometimes they'll give contrary opinions about players and then you get to decide who you think is right and, and go with that decision. Um, anyhow, you, you, you want to have more than one source of input. And it's too late to do this now, but last season, at the end of the year, you want to make sure that you're watching uh, players who are graduating, going up and playing a couple of games at the end of the season, at the pro level, going from junior Players can have uh, breakout performances in the playoffs. Those are all really strong indicators for what their next season might be like. 
Um, you want to look at not just the season stats. Don't just go to Elite Prospects or look at the magazine and see how many points they had last year because if a player had 50 points last year but had 10 in the first half and 40 in the second half, that's important to know. So while 50 points is, is pretty good, if they scored 40 in the second half alone, maybe because of a trade or maybe they were playing through an injury in the first half, you get an idea of uh, what their truer self might be like. Um, so paying attention to trends. So that's something that you can look at at the end of this season coming up that will help prepare you for the next season. Something else I highly recommend doing going into your draft is having target players that you want to pick. Try and figure out what your positional values are, what your priorities are that way, and then for each position, think about where you might be picking in the draft and have a specific player and then a fallback player or two so you have a strategy for each round of the draft. That'll prevent you from going into a situation, and this is going to happen, where the pick right before you, someone takes the player that you have at the top of your list that you're ready to pick. And then, if you've got a clock on your pick, you can find yourself scrambling trying to find a strategy, like, what do I do now? Uh, so having a list of players already determined, scattered out throughout the, the draft in, say, tiers, for example, uh, that's the way you want to prepare for your fantasy draft. So that's enough talk about draft guides and a little bit of fantasy draft prep. If you want to hear more about this, give me a shout on uh, on Twitter at DPR underscore show or at P Farling, P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G. Let me know you'd like to hear more about this. I'll, I'll do a little bit more preparation for it and uh, give me some guides, what, what you want to know about certain players, certain draft strategies, values, uh, maybe give you some of your league specifics example and that kind of stuff. So the next thing I want to do is bring on a the first guest of season four, and that's going to be uh, Mason Black NHL ranking app, including PNHLE stat. And we're going to learn all about that. So stay tuned for uh, Mason. All right, so now I'm pleased to welcome uh, to the podcast one of our Dauber Prospects writers. He covers the Vegas Golden Knights for us, and uh, I think I want to say long-time listener, first-time guest. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so a very long-time listener, uh, way back to the days when you and Paul were banging them out early on. Season one. This is actually going to be the first episode of season four, which is a little shocking to me that I've been doing this for four years. But before I get too far ahead of myself, I'll introduce you properly. Uh, I'm speaking with Mason Black, and uh, you may know him from uh, such Twitter handles as NHL Rank King. And uh, he also, as I mentioned, does our player profile and prospect updates for Dauber Prospects on Vegas Golden Knights. So Mason, thanks so much for uh, joining the podcast and uh, taking some time out of your day to talk to me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right, so first thing I want to talk about is your super cool app that you made. Uh, tell me a little bit about the NHL Rank King app. Well, uh, the last couple of years, I uh, tried to produce something that basically just came up with a ranking based on the users of the app in a consensus form that uh, you would play a little game 
uh, called Who'd You Rather? Two names would pop up. So for instance, you might see McKinnon versus Kucherov and you'd have to decide in a points only keeper league who you would rather take, who would you rather have on your fantasy team? And every single time one of those votes goes through, it affects the overall rankings. And after thousands of votes every single day, the rankings are constantly adjusting based on things like injuries and who's hot, who's not. And uh, heading into draft season, it gives sort of a uh, really good sort of, um, uh, sorry, uh, it gives something that you can use as you go into your draft pools. And from there, what happened was um, I started to develop more features based on what I was personally using or what I could use inside the various pools that I was a part of, everything from daily fantasy to prospect pools. Um, and all of those features are constantly being updated over the course of the season. Yeah, it's very cool. And you wouldn't even just, this isn't an exclusive thing for uh, drafts. You get trade offers throughout the year. And if a player offers you, uh, sorry, a GM offers you a player or a prospect and you're like, hmm, not so sure. And you want to do some research. This is, uh, it's in your pocket. It's on your phone. It's a super fast way to take a look and you can do a player search uh, and find out what you need to know about that player right away, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like one of the big features that I've been really focusing on is developing what's called like a player card. So you tap into a player and it will give everything from in-depth stats, uh, advanced stats, uh, sort of a percentile base. Uh, so for multi-cat leagues, like where is this guy fitting in in terms of penalty minutes or plus minus or uh, whatever else. Um, and I've been uh, uh, bringing in things like career stats and a whole bunch of other uh, different features inside the player card. So really trying to bulk that up to make it uh, more usable, very accessible, really quick and easy. So that's when you do get those trade offers from different GMs, you can have a quick snapshot to see whether or not you should make the trade. Okay, let's let's do a couple player rankings right now. I, I got your app open right now. So it's okay. it's rank fantasy value. And of course, I'm going to pick the castle, which is prospects. And uh, let's do forwards. So the first player comparison that comes up is Samuel Poulin or Akil Thomas. I like Ooh. Akil Thomas. Yeah, I would take Akil Thomas. I think Poulin might have uh, potentially more value in like a multi-cat league down the road. But I think Akil has been a real sleeper over the last couple of years. Uh, he's got a real high upside. It's hard to imagine that he fell to the second round, but the LA Kings snatched him up. And uh, the upside is very high with Thomas. Right. Okay, so the next one now that it just boop, it pops right up is Simon Holmstrom, New York Islanders, or... Vitaly Abramov, Ottawa Senators. So a, a little bit more information that you get on this is he tells you the position, their birth date, the year they were drafted, the round, and the overall. So Holmstrom is a 2019 first round, 23rd overall. And Abramov is a right wing, 2016, uh, third round, 65th overall. And it also gives their stats too. Uh, so I went ahead and picked Abramov on that one. I like him a lot. Yeah, he had a phenomenal last year uh, in CHL. Uh, he came over in the trade that um, was a part of the Duchesne to Columbus last year, but he was a big piece of that trade coming back for Ottawa. The next one is Abramov again versus Ratcliffe. Philadelphia Flyers, Isaac Ratcliffe. You still like Abramov over Ratcliffe? Ooh, 
Ratcliffe is great in multi-cat leagues, but um, the Who'd You Rather is based around just a points-only keeper league. So I think I would probably prefer Abramoff in that situation. Um, and the, the one thing I'll point out is you'll notice that, you know, there are hundreds of different prospects and it seems kind of random that Abramoff would come up twice in a row. But that is kind of the way that the randomness does happen. Um, and what oftentimes happens is you'll see a, a guy sort of scoot up the rankings and it might be just that people, you know, all over Canada or the U.S. that are using the app and playing the game, uh, his name for whatever reason will randomly come up several times in the course of maybe an hour and then you might not see his name again for the next several hours. So the, the rankings do change pretty uh, sporadically. Sometimes you'll see a guy jump up, you know, 10 spots in in the turn or sorry over the course of a day which is uh, pretty interesting all right that is, that is this is a super cool app man like this is a, a great way to to waste some time while you're waiting for a bus or your train or whatever you just do a couple of who would you rathers influence uh for prosperity the overall prospect rankings or whatever it is you're doing uh i like it man it's a cool app how much does it cost Thank you it is entirely free uh, so the last no. uh two years and sort of uh, building and developing for iOS on, on your iPhone, uh, just because more people in Canada primarily use an iPhone as opposed to an Android device. But this summer, I finally had some time at the beginning of the summer, and I built uh, the first version for Android. So you can get it on pretty much any type of phone. Well, as an Apple Store employee here in, in Kingston, uh I agree with you. More people should have iPhone. Uh, one other <laughs> thing on this app that I really kind of wanted to delve into before we move on is the PNHLE rankings. Uh, so first of all, what is PNHLE? Uh, so PNHLE is an equivalency ranking. It's basically just a stat that attempts to compare the NHL potential for a prospect, how many points he's going to get in the prime of his career. I was very fortunate um, that two years ago, I was taking my master's and uh, I had a course, a math course, and my professor allowed me to try to build this and kind of went through the whole process with me of what it would take to take a guy that's 17 or 18 years old and figure out um, how to predict his long-term potential in the NHL. So uh e has its warts. Um, there's a lot of things that aren't in it that probably should be, but just are not accessible across different leagues. I compare 11 different leagues so that you can have a quick snapshot of a prospect. Uh, you can compare prospects from the KHL to the OHL. Um, and based on historical values of NHL players, you can try to see how good they're doing at any given time. It's based on their age, which is a huge factor. So if we take a look at, let's say, um, a prospect that's getting 100 points in the OHL this year, that might sound really great. But if that prospect is an overager, then maybe 100 points isn't so great. So how does it compare to other prospects, same age, across a whole bunch of different leagues? If I could give you an example, just to... I mean, we've all been in the situation that we get that GM that sort of, um, he just picks up prospect after prospect in your pool. Sometimes he hits home runs, but most of the time he probably doesn't. So if I give you a bunch of information right now, do you think you could decide if 
a guy is a worthwhile selection in a keeper pool. So I think uh, so. For the, all right. So I'm going to give you a real life example and the millions of Dauber prospect radio listeners out there can follow along. And when you think you can, you want to make your decision on this player, tell me whether or not you think you keep them or you wouldn't. All, all right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this prospect was selected by an NHL team in the OHL. He posted 107 points in 67 games. During that year, he had 64 goals in 67 games. He played for the Erie Otters. The year was 2013-2014. And he finished second on team score. Do you think you'd take him? Uh, well, I need to know how old he was in that 107-point season. Well, that was the important piece of information that I was kind of keeping. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, I want to lean towards, yes, 64 goals in 67 games um, is, is an incredible achievement, no matter what age you are and whatever league you're in. That's that's almost a goal a game pace. Um so my, my initial reaction is, yeah, of course I'd, I'd keep him. He's NHL drafted as well. So even if he was drafted as an overage player uh, and if he scored those 64 goals as a 20-year-old, it's, it's still 64 goals no matter how you slice it. True. So the player was Dane Fox. His PNHLE was about 45, which means uh, based on his age in the OHL, posting those points, the, the long-term potential, the ceiling for him, in the NHL would be about 45. Um, so it's sometimes it can be misleading. And obviously I kind of set you up to make, make you pick them when Dane Fox has probably had a very good career in the German elite league, but that's about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and oftentimes, I mean, you know, like the stats themselves can be a bit misleading, but PNHL tries to take a look at as much information as possible in the context of how a player is doing, but age is such a determining factor, especially for amateur players in the CHL, NCAA, or even in professional leagues across Europe and, and Russia. Did you invent this stat? I did, yes. Oh my God, this is so, amazing. Yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> like I said, it's, it's got its warts. It's um, like what I've been noticing is that a lot of times a line mate affects a player's production big time as you know, that totally makes sense. Um, so sometimes you have to take a look at the bigger picture. And I think that's where Dauber prospects is such a great resource. You know, like when you go into Dauber prospects, you should be reading the scouting reports. Um, now the PNHLE charts, you can actually see the trend line of a specific player. If you go inside of their profile. And I think it's just, a piece of the puzzle to make good decisions when you're taking a look at your prospect pool. All right. Yeah. So this is fantastic. And, and that's the real challenge with people who want to be in hockey pools and, and are in deeper leagues, but as to there's three leagues across all of Canada and there's a couple of leagues in the United States and a few more in the world. It's like, you know, you, there's too much hockey. You can't watch it all. And there's, there's players all over the world. And, you know, I have players all over the world on my prospect pool in uh in my fantasy leagues 
And I'm a pretty dedicated hockey fan, and I can't keep up with it on my own. Uh, no one person could, as a hobby, keep up with everyone. Uh, so this is a fantastic app, right? It, it it basically breaks down for you how you translate the data. Um, so I, I noticed that at the top of the list, the two top players have 88 uh, points, and they're coincidentally both Los Angeles Kings players. That's Arthur Kaliev and Ar- Alex Turcott. Uh, explain to me why these guys are ahead of the third-ranked player, which is Jack Hughes. Um, yeah, that's a tricky one. Obviously, Jack Hughes, and this is where you have to take everything into context. Jack Hughes will outproduce them in terms of his ceiling probably every single year uh, for the rest of his career. Um, but for whatever reason, the United States National Development Team program is really difficult to come up with historical rankings and the reason for that is they play half of their season against the NCAA and they play the other half inside the USHL so the only stats that I'm using for those are from the USHL because from one year to the next the NCAA uh, competition changes really drastically so last year Jack Hughes in NCAA was unbelievable like just shattering records Um, However, they also have one of the stiffest competitions that the National Development Program has ever faced. So he's producing, outproducing players like Austin Matthews, Phil Kessel when he was there, Patrick Kane even, and he's playing against much stiffer competition than the rest of those guys, which is pretty impressive. So his numbers get knocked down a little bit because of that, and it's just based on historical values. So I can't go in and sort of tweak Uh, one team or one player, it has to come up with a sort of uh, one-size-fits-all formula for every player across all 11 different leagues. Wow, there's there's a lot uh, lot to unpack on this, and uh, I I could probably spend a whole podcast talking about this app, but uh, I do want to move on. But again, just for anyone who's looking to find this, it's the NHL Rank, R-A-N-K-K-I-N-G app. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And that's, the whole that's your Twitter handle that. too. That is yes. Okay. Uh, NHL rank king. Um, I know it's a little presumptuous, but I think it kind of has a nice little ring to it. So uh, hopefully you guys go out there and get it. Um, and the whole purpose of the app is the more people that use it, hopefully the better the rankings become, so that we don't have uh, one fan base sort of weighing in. So I, I got a comment on Twitter today that there's no way that Kirby Doc should be ranked fourth overall in terms of all prospects right now. Uh, I think he's got a much higher upside than a lot of people do, but I totally agree. He shouldn't be fourth overall. And that probably means that maybe some Hawks fans were in there over the weekend and uh, hammering out playing rather, and he quickly starts climbing those rankings. That's interesting. So this is also a really good way to uh, artificially influence the value of your prospects by always selecting the guys that you own in fantasy hockey over anyone else. Yeah, that's that's very true. I suppose <laughs> I could go in there and try to influence the Dauber prospects. And actually, I've got a prospect draft starting today. So, oh really? I, yeah. Uh, All right. No, I, I I try to stay away from the rankings as much as possible. Um, usually. Um, during the start of the summer, after the, the draft, I'll add a whole bunch of new players in, into it. And for the very first time, uh, you can now start ranking draft-eligible prospects for this coming year. And that's now 
in both the Android and the iPhone versions of the app. So over the course of the season, it's going to be interesting to see where guys like Byfeld, um, Perfetti, uh, Drysdale, and some of the Swedish big guns there, uh, Holtz and Lindell, where they're going to end up finishing up and um, how things like World Junior start to influence those rankings and people's perceptions of the players that are playing. Very interesting. Cool, man. Thank you so much for talking about that. Um, and a nice segue, you mentioned that you've got a, a prospect draft coming up later on today. We just had a prospect draft uh, a week ago. It was yes. the Dauber Prospects Fantasy Hockey League. So all, not all of, but a lot of the uh, writers and experts or scouts, whatever you want to call us, that uh, that contribute to Dauber Prospects are, <laughs> are all in the Fantasy League together. And we had our draft. And there's an article on uh, Dauber Prospects about it. It is um, Hayden's Prospect Ramblings, the Dauber Prospect Writer's Draft, where he breaks down a review and talks about some of the best and, and gives some context for it. But just for those listening, if you haven't read the article, some quick context. It's uh, how many teams are we? About 18? Uh, I think we're at 14 or 15 right now so it's a little bit low but it's a full roster keeper league so you have uh basically 50 contracts so you got a full nhl roster of about um 25 players another 25 prospects something along those lines and it's a hard salary cap league too so it means you can't just drop a player when he's no longer worth the value of his contract um so that makes it a little bit challenging and given that the fact that uh it's a small count it does you know it's less than 20 teams so we've got a number of star players who are unowned just because the salary cap matches what the nhl salary cap is so there's just not enough cap to go around to have all of the star players so it's a real challenging league where you it's like the nhl where it's it's critical that you build your team from your prospect pool and then you have that entry-level contract year where you have players constantly contributing to your team so the prospect draft is massively important and it includes everyone that's not owned on a team. So you've got all your entry draft players, um, European players that signed as free agents, college players that signed as free agents uh, since the end of their seasons, and then any NHL player uh, who's unowned. So going into the draft, we had an opportunity where some teams inherited some cap space by players' contracts expiring, and they were able to release them or buyouts. I was fortunate enough to have Dion Phaneuf bought out. That gained me $7 million in cap space there. And I walked away from um, uh, Wayne Simmons' $5 million contract with New Jersey. So I inherited, um, quick math, $13 million, $12 million in cap space. So those are some of the factors that go into the draft. I was drafting my team's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Mason, your team is surprisingly not the vegas golden knights but you're you're the the boston oh, bruins and there's a short story in there boston. that's not interesting so we'll just skip that so in the first round you had two picks you had eighth, i did uh i had ninth and then you had 12th so you picked just before me and you picked kirby doc uh why'd you well, like kirby doc in terms of well just in terms of how i acquired um those picks um, because it is a hard cap league, um, I had some really tough decisions. I didn't think I had a team this past year that could compete for the championship. Uh, the previous year, I took over a team that finished dead last. Um, so I traded away Mitch Marner and Nikita Kucherov, um, which gave me some good picks, uh, not only this year, but also next year. 
um, just because I realized that I couldn't fit probably both Marner and Kucherov under the cap. So I uh, was just thinking a little bit about the future. I got Kirby Doc with number eight, which was a huge surprise. I'm a diehard Blackhawks fan. So for him to land in my lap at number eight was fantastic. Um, there was uh, sort of an interesting Sergei Bobrovsky pickup early in the draft that I think uh, ended up changing, which... Uh, if that didn't happen, I don't think I would have landed Kirby Doc there. Yeah, yeah, that was a, an unfortunate uh, side effect of having a three-minute pick clock on an online live draft. And uh, poor third overall, he lost his internet connection and 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 missed his pick and wasn't able to get on until about a half round later. Uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. But I also felt it was fortunate for me, too, because right after you picked Doc, um, I snapped up Cole Caulfield, who I had ranked much higher than, than ninth overall. Uh, really happy exactly. to get him. And then uh, a couple picks later, you had another pick, and you made a bold pick <laughs> with Matthew Boldy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Matthew Boldy. Um, going into the draft, I was kind of hoping to get Pud Colson at number eight and Boldy at number 12. Um, so Pud Colson went a little bit earlier than I expected, but uh, I think he's a phenomenal player. Uh, if you don't mind waiting a couple of years, he's going to be fantastic on any fantasy team, including points only, uh, those that um, value goals more than assists, and even multi-cat. The guy is just... Uh, dynamic in every aspect of the game. And then Matt Boldy, I think, has a huge high upside in being on Minnesota, who doesn't have much of a prospect pool outside of Kaprizov. Um, I think he's he's got the sky is the limit for him. Yeah, and this is a multi-cat league too, which I, I forgot to throw out there. So it's it's a head-to-head -head league where uh, a couple weeks a year, Mace and I, our teams will go head to head, and whoever scores the most points in each category uh, wins the weeks. And the categories, you know, hits, goals, assists, penalty minutes, shots blocked, faceoff wins, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I also like the Pod Colson pick, and I didn't think it was too high at, at all. I would have absolutely picked him uh, in that range as well. Um, yeah. Ahead, yeah. Would you have picked him ahead of Caulfield? Um,. Yeah, probably because Caulfield plays for Montreal and I don't like Montreal. And I like having <laughs> one of the fun things about being in a, in a fantasy pool is is having players that you like. And I like Caulfield, but um, but I don't like cheering for Montreal. So even if, you know, I'm watching a Leafs-Habs game and, and he scores against Toronto, that'll be a, a, you know, a conflict of interest for me. I won't be able to totally dislike the fact that he scored because I own him. Um, but anyways, I digress. Uh, so moving on to the second round, uh, you had the pick right after me. I picked 23rd overall, and you picked the next pick, 24th, and we both picked NHL players. We didn't we didn't go with prospects at this point. Um, so that's a little interesting, and I think, uh, so we had similar mindsets there, but I went with Tom Wilson, who replaces um, uh, Wayne Simmons for me. Uh, I mean, he's just a much better version of Wayne Simmons and a similar contract as well. It's going to very likely lead the league and or be at the very top of the league in, in both categories of hits and penalty minutes. Um, so, And he also outscores Wayne Simmons now too. So that seemed like a bit of a no-brainer for me. 
Um, I wasn't sure if I should have picked him this early or if because of his contract and, and most of the league's limited contract space, if I could have let that slide to a few rounds later. Um, I did pick some younger players in later rounds, but I decided I didn't really want to risk losing one of the more valuable players in the pool. So I picked Tom Wilson. Uh, would you have picked him if he was available or you had your heart set on your guy? Um, I, uh, like he was next on my list. So I took uh, Jonathan Huberto. Um, and then Tom Wilson was the next guy I would take if Huberto was gone. Uh, I think Tom Wilson is so important in those types of leagues because he can be first in several different categories, which is entirely rare. Like he's just as, as valuable as Connor McDavid is just for that reason alone. But my team is pretty solid in hits and pims and uh, pretty much those peripheral stats. So the area that my team is not super strong is points. Uh, goals, assists, power play points. So that's why I took him in that place. Right on. All right. So in the third round, uh, you picked 40th and I picked 37. So I picked a few spots ahead of you, but not very many. And I went with a player that I really love and I missed out on him in my other league. And that's uh, Dmitry Samarukov. A big fan of this kid. I thought he exploded massively in the OHL this year with Guelph. Um, I'm disappointed with the fact that he's an Edmonton Oilers owned prospect. I don't like that. I don't like players for Edmonton or the Islanders. I don't think they know how to develop players very well. But uh, I'm hoping that because Edmonton is so desperate on defense that between uh, he and Bouchard, uh, they both end up seeing themselves uh, playing prominent minutes with Edmonton in the near future. Uh, you picked a few picks later at 40, and you also went with a uh, prospect defenseman, but uh, 19 drafted one. That would be Thomas Harley of the Dallas Stars. Uh, how do you like your Harley pick? And uh, I got a little bit of praise in the chat room while we were picking on the Samarukov <laughs> pick, uh, if I remember correctly. Is that a player yeah, that you would have that you would have targeted? Yeah, he was definitely in that range for me. I thought he was going to be a sleeper and no one else would would be able to grab him. Um, I watched a lot of them um, as Guelph was playing the 67s in the OHL championship. And then again, uh, when Guelph moved on to the Memorial Cup, and uh, I'm a big fan. He just does everything right. He goes into the corners and he just seems to always come out with the pucks. Um, I don't know for like a points only league if he'd be super valuable, but I think he brings an extra dimension to his game, which is super, super important in peripheral and multi-cat leagues. Um, Thomas Harley, on the other hand, uh, I think he's got a really high offensive upside, which I really like. And um, he's a guy I'm willing to wait on a little bit. And uh, I think on Dallas, it's a little bit tricky because they've got so many good young defenders there. Uh, Klingberg, obviously, Heiskanen is unbelievable. Uh, I'm a fan of Steven John, so there's a super sleeper for anybody. I just picked him up in another draft last week as my last pick. Um, he, he missed the entire season last year due to concussion and concussion-related headaches and whatnot, but it looks like he's back on the ice right now. He will be near the top of the league in hits, uh, block shots, if you count those. So um, might be a guy just to put onto your list. Um, and outside of that, Harley, I just think um, he's going to be a while before he gets there, but I think he's got a pretty high upside. Yeah, he's a... I think he's a bit of a boomer bust sort of player. I think his offensive ceiling is high, but his defensive liabilities uh, make him a gamble that his floor could be like zero if he doesn't make the NHL because he can't 
keep the puck out of his net. If he can't defend, then he, he might not sure. make it to as high a level as the NHL. Um, but hey, it's a third round pick. What do you got to lose? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the, the place where you want to go for a boomer bust type player. Uh, he finished top 10 in PNHLE as well. So that's just kind of that stat coming back. And when you're trying to go for one of those types of guys, then it might be a stat worthwhile. He, he finished just slightly ahead of Evan Bouchard. It's just to give you um, a synopsis of how good his offensive season actually was. Right. So my last player in round three was an NHL player. I had two picks in round four, and I went back to the well and took um, NHL players again. Uh, sorry, my second round pick was was Tom Wilson. So I went with two. I had two picks in the fourth round, and uh, I'm pretty happy with my prospect pool that I have in the league. Uh, but I had a couple of areas of opportunity and, and, and holes in some categories that I thought I needed some improvement in. Um, hits and face-offs, particularly, were two categories that I was thinking uh, I needed um, a little bit more of an opportunity to win each week. So the next two players I picked at 50 and 51 were Noel Achari, uh, now with Florida Panthers, signed a contract that's, I think, still got good value to it. Not as good as when he was with Boston, but if he can play the way he did with the Bruins, I think it's still good value. The other one is uh, Glenn Denning from the Detroit Red Wings. Um, both these guys are going to go ahead and give me some some hits and, and greasy stats and face-off wins, so, and they don't cost very much. They're good low-cost, high-value players. And then you picked three guys later with uh, Thomas Kubelik. So uh, what would you like about Kubelik? Uh, it's funny. Uh, I, he wasn't even on my list. And then uh, I think in the round previous, uh, Nikolai Prokorkin went, uh, who's going to be playing with the Kings this year. And it just kind of triggered hey, who else could I look for that's going to be an immediate contributor? Um, could slot into a top six, although I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, the potential is there. Um, and that's, yeah, just kind of made a quick, easy decision for me right at the end of the draft. And it's low risk. Um, you know, if he doesn't make it or, you know, he gets sent back to, uh, I think he was in the, uh, the Swiss League last year, um, it doesn't really cost me anything. So, yeah, so it was just kind of a last-minute sort of guy that came onto the radar, and I went ahead. And it doesn't hurt that he's a Blackhawks player, so I, I like watching those guys. Indeed, indeed. All right, so that was the draft. You didn't have a fifth-round pick. I did. I took Oliver Kasky, who's uh, signed as a free agent, a defenseman with the Detroit Red Wings, and he'll either play in the NHL this year and contribute, or he won't, but I won't have to hold him on my roster long to find out um, if he's going to be of, of any value or not, and for a fifth-round pick. I thought that was uh, a no-brainer as well. All right, so let's shift gears one more time, and let's talk about uh, we both live in Ontario and uh, and get to go watch a couple OHL games each season. So let's talk a little bit about uh, a bit of an OHL season preview. Um, so some players who we've been able to watch over the last couple of years who should be graduating uh, and turning pro this year, and the OHL has a number of them, and I think a potential impact players as well maybe not immediately in their first year as pro but uh in the near future uh, so these would be some heavily owned fantasy players uh evan bouchard and adam boquist of the london knights their uh, towers of power on the blue line are both graduating um which one do you think first has an impact in the nhl um that's not fair like I think a lot of people are writing Boquist off right now for this season, but there might be a little bit of a hole there. Calvin DeHaan is hurt to begin the season, so I think he's going to miss the first several weeks. 
and there could be a place for him on the right-hand side there. Um, so I'm guessing they're probably going to give him a nine-game look before they send him back. And because he was drafted not out of the CHL, uh, he has the opportunity to go to Rockford uh, in the AHL for the Blackhawks. So I think he'll probably spend most of the year there. Um, the thing I like about Bouchard is I always watch for a prospect to get better over the course of the of the season and that's exactly what he did by the end of the season the ohl he was just so dominant i mean he was just a man amongst boys but even more impressive is when he went down to bakersfield and finished out the the season for the oilers farm team i think he went eight points in eight games in the playoffs which is pretty impressive so i think short term i would take bouchard um i think boquist is Super high potential, and I think he's going to end up running the Blackhawks power play for probably the next decade when he finally makes it, which will probably be next year. Yeah, the Shocks, the Hawks have done a pretty decent job of replenishing their prospects in short order here, and uh, um, they made the they made the trade for for Nylander and 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 gave up a defenseman, so that opens up a little bit more opportunity for him as well. So yeah, I like uh, I like both these players uh, as well. Uh, a couple more players who look to be graduating would be Morgan Frost, who's led the OHL in scoring, uh, Philadelphia Flyers prospect. I, I believe he'll be playing uh, with their AHL affiliate this coming season as they're a tough roster to crack. But um, uh, I really like Morgan Frost. Uh, I like him more than a couple other players that, uh, that are in the same position, Barrett Hayton and Nick Suzuki, Montreal and Arizona. Um between those three, do you think one uh, has a, a faster ascension to the NHL or which one do you think has the higher upside? Um, I, I can see Hayden making uh, Arizona this year. Um, they really, like it's surprising, but they don't have a super deep prospect pool considering they've been out of the playoffs for so long and he's their top prospect. So I think they're going to probably fast track him into the NHL uh, long term. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. I think Nick Suzuki, I watched him a lot in the Memorial cup. And again, uh, when he was playing for Guelph against the 67s in the OHL final, and he's so dynamic and he just makes plays. He'll be coming in a one on two and somehow he gets a beautiful shot off and creates a scoring opportunity. Uh, Morgan Frost, I think is one of the fastest uh, movers in terms of prospect pools, um, especially after last year's World Junior Championship for Canada. He was sensational. And I know that Canada didn't end up finishing super strong, but uh, it certainly wasn't because of Morgan Frost. So I think all three of those guys are probably in the same area. And I could go with either or any of them and be super happy. Right on. All right, so let's talk a little bit about some uh, some teams in the OHL. Maybe in the East, I think the uh, Ottawa 67s had a, a very good season last year, uh, made it to the finals, and uh, and bowed out just before making it to the Memorial Cup. They all have a number of returning players, um, including um, draft-eligible Marco Rossi. Um, so what's your expectations this season for the 67s? Did they, did they lose a lot of their top players? Were they aged out or are they still going to be competitive? Uh, certainly, uh, like oftentimes when, when teams make it that far, it's based on age and experience. And that's um, definitely a part of the reason why the 67s were there. But I think Ro Rossi was, was great. Um, I expected a little bit more uh, in the final, but 
uh, he, he got kind of knocked down to the third line a little bit, um, but he'll be one of the leaders on that team. Um, they're going to lose uh, Temelevsky, I think, to um, the San Jose Sharks farm team in the AHL, the Barracuda. Um, so that's, that's going to be a big loss. He was phenomenal for them. Um, and outside of that, uh, finally lost Mike DiPietro. Uh, their goalie, and that was probably a huge reason why they ended up bowing out unexpectedly because they went on a run there. They didn't lose a game, I think, in the first, what was it, uh, like 13 or 14 straight games that they won and then um, ended up getting knocked out by Guelph in the final. Yeah, they still should have some decent players coming back, though. Uh, I would expect Graham Clark to return. And then on defense, they've got a number of potential returnees, uh, Noah Hoffenmeyer, uh, Nikita... Um, I can never pronounce his names. Oyotuk? Yeah. Sure, yeah. let's go with that. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Kevin Ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh Merrick Ripon. So um they got a they got some they got some players there. So they should be all right. Um sure. the, yeah. the Peterborough Pizza are another team that I think is really interesting. Uh they'll have a number of returning players as well. A couple of Toronto Maple Leafs draft picks, SDA, and um uh not Jason Robertson, his younger brother. Uh, Liam Kirk, Arizona, Declan Chesham, Winnipeg Jets. And uh, the real wild card there has got to be Ryan Merkley, though. San Jose Sharks, uh, first-round pick. Uh, super tremendous talent. Has the ability to not only lead, I think, the OHL defense in scoring, but um, potentially the entire league if he could just get his head screwed on, right? But it sounds like the Peets are shopping him hard and don't want any, any part of his uh, song and dance anymore. They got a couple uh, yeah. other older players too that might be returning in Zach Gallant and Cole Frazier, a couple Detroit Red Wings picks from a few years ago. So I kind of like what the Peets might be looking like this year too. Absolutely. Yeah. And Ryan Merkley is the, the wild card. Um, in terms of PNHLE, he's been one of the highest in the CHL for the last three seasons. Um, he just is pure offense, but it's the other part of his game, the on and off ice issues that. Uh, that I think everybody knows about at this point that sort of allowed him to drop to the bottom half of uh, last season's draft. Uh, something to watch out for. Uh, I would certainly take a flyer on him in a prospect draft, but I wouldn't count on him ever making the NHL. Um, could be a little bit more like uh, Anthony D'Angelo, who's playing for the Rangers this year. Uh, that had so super high upside, but just um, has never really been able to put it together at the NHL level. Right. And as much as I like Nick Robertson, uh, Leafs pick, uh, I'm really not a very big fan of Semyon Dark Intensive. Uh, he's sure he's got quick, quick hands, slicker than snot with the puck, but um, I just don't like how of a peripheral player he is and how small and weak he is and easy to knock off the puck uh, I'll, I'll need to see a, a really big improvement in his game particularly his strength and conditioning going into this season for me to think that he'll have any any chance of competing at the NHL and I really you know if you listen to the podcast interview with um, Craig Button from the draft we talked about size and and he is a really strong advocate that it just doesn't matter how what your size is if you could play if you've got the skills and the smarts and the vision if you can think the game fast enough you can play and i see a lot of those components from from um semian intensive but at the same time he's just so easy to push off the puck and uh yeah uh so 
I'm yeah, not I can convinced. Be I think. Yeah, I think, you know, there's certain elements and it's just that drive, the willingness to go into corners. And sometimes he kind of backs away or just sort of waits for that puck to pop out to him. Um, and those are sort of the attributes that even if you don't have a lot of size, you still need to be able to do that if you're ever going to play in the NHL. So I kind of agree with you there. I just don't see him end up uh, ever playing in the end. Maybe he gets a, a small cup of coffee, but... I think other teams, they would just target in on him and use their size and strength to sort of knock him off the puck. Yeah, I don't think he's got the appetite for the physicality of pro hockey. Uh, There's some interesting draft-eligible prospects. Last year was kind of a soft year for the OHL for the entry draft, and it looks like they will be bouncing back pretty strong this year. Uh, Canada was was very, very impressive at the Halinka tournament. And uh, the two players at the top of my list from the OHL that I'll be looking to make sure I get to see live viewings of them when they come through this neck of the woods would be Quinton Byfield and Cole Perfetti. Uh, I like Byfield a lot. He reminds me of uh, Eric Lindros in that he's a physical specimen, but he has the skill of, of a small player. So he's kind of the best of both. He, he moves really well up and down the ice. Um, and I, I don't think he has really any red flags. I, I like his compete. Uh, I haven't heard any negative things about him like we do about Ryan Merkley. Um, so I think he's, in my, for my opinion, he's the highest-ranked player coming out of the OHL this year. Yeah, I totally agree. I think like those Eric Lindros comparisons are pretty, pretty amazing. I remember watching Lindros when he was playing for the Generals back in the day, and you know he just made the game look so easy. It just looked so effortless out there in terms of things like his skating, the way he's just sort of moving around. Um, defenseman and then uses his big body to sort of protect that puck and then drive to the net not a lot of guys can do that and the fact that he's draft eligible this year he's going to put up a monster year for Sudbury Uh, Perfetti I think is another big one he's going to be probably a top 10 pick in this year's draft and this is going to be one of the strongest drafts since I guess 2015 so uh, he's a guy to watch out for as well yeah, he's on his way to like legendary status after his performance with Canada at Talinka. Um, he just scored all kinds of goals and and looked pretty solid doing it. Uh, a couple other players I really like would be uh, Foodie from Windsor, Jean-Luc Foodie. Uh, we just talked about Marco Rossi as well. Um, and potentially one of the best defensemen in the draft comes out of the OHL as well in Jamie Drysdale, Erie Otter's prospect. Uh, which one of those guys uh, strikes you as the most interesting player to keep an eye on this season uh i'd say drysdale i'm a big fan of his i could see him sort of on the buffer of a top 10 pick uh the fact that it's so um forward heavy he could be the top defenseman taken in this year's draft so he's a guy uh i would like to see get better over the course of the season i think he's already a phenomenal player so um keep an eye on him to try to push for that top 10 in this year's draft Indeed. All right. So, Mason, uh, if anyone's been listening to this and they maybe had a, didn't have a chance to write it down, give me the name of that app again and then your Twitter handle as well because they're basically the same. So how people can, can find you if they want to get more of your good stuff. For sure. Um, NHL Rank King is, is the app name. You can find it in the Google Play Store or the App Store for, for your iPhone. Uh, I believe it is available for your iPad, but it's not meant for that, so it might look a little bit distorted. Um, just remember, I'm just a simple guy doing this for a hobby too, so there might be bugs along the way. It might crash a little bit, so don't expect this to be sort of a, a polished product like uh, Facebook or Google or uh, Snapchat you, or something like that. You, but, you get uh, what you pay for. 
Yeah, exactly. It's totally free. And uh, I try to add features all the time. And basically, whenever there's something that I could use inside my fantasy league, I try to put it inside the app. So that's my go to. And hopefully it's going to be yours as well. And then uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NHL rank king, all one word. And uh, yeah, I try to post a lot of stuff from the app and uh, give a brief synopsis and sort of push the Dauber Prospects website as much as I can. And uh, a lot of great things going on there. We're adding a, a ton of great writers. Um, so it's kind of the free version of The Athletic and uh, amazing stuff going on there. Right on. So hopefully I'll catch you in, uh, in a rink this season, maybe in Kingston, maybe in Ottawa, maybe even at a Smith Falls Bears game. Who knows? Right on. <laughs> All right, right, thanks so much for having me, Pete. My pleasure. So that was my uh, episode 61 conversation with Mason Black, NHL ranking. Thanks again, Mason, for coming on. I hope you all enjoyed listening to the episode. If you do, please do me a favor. uh, Give it a share, social media, reblog it on Twitter, like it, something like that. And uh, hit the five-star review button. If you're listening on uh, iTunes, drop me a review. Tell me what you like. Shoot me a message on Twitter if you want to, at DPR underscore show or at P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G. That's Farling. Uh, I'm always happy to uh, talk fantasy hockey and uh, include whatever it is you, the listener, want me to wax on eloquently on this podcast about. Uh, So thanks for listening. I got another couple episodes coming out in rapid fire succession here. Joel Henderson's coming up next. And then uh, Braden Olofsson after that with some WHL and QMJHL talk. Thanks again for listening. And the outro music for this episode is the Bahamas all the time. I got
Aduh